Back at it again. I'll tell you, take a quick hour off. Um, shove some foods out of my face. And I'll tell you, RC, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Chappie. I, sorry, I uh, kind of led us astray there. I had a little technical difficulty. Uh, <laughs> I was... I was in the safari that wasn't working. So uh, I, if anybody, did I sound okay? Because I'm in a format I've never run before. You sound good to me, buddy. All right, let's go. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, it, it's interesting. I, I, I do this every week. Um, I, I, I fret about, oh, do I have enough stuff to last for a whole hour? <laughs> and, and then the hour's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with all this other stuff? <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. This is a great time of year. We are um, in the baseball grind, as I like to call it. So, um, you know, I, I'll tell you what. Um, I know you got to listen to a little bit of my show. Um, but in particular, you know, I, I'm interested in, in talking about the, 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 I guess, the gold from the Formica, right? The truth right. from the fake. Um, and you know, I just wanted to get your opinion. So I talked tonight about, um, a little bit about the, uh, the giants and I talked about the athletics. I was wanting to know, like, what, what are your thoughts, um, on those two teams? Um, do you have other teams? What, what's, um, what's your mindset there? My mindset is San Francisco's fool's <laughs> gold and, and the A's may be mm. a little bit of real's gold. Okay. Um, I, I like the A's coming into the season. Uh, I know they're replacing Chris Davis as a big bat in their outfield. Uh, but I've always thought the A's had some interesting pieces. Now, the Giants, I, they've got some great young – I love Yaz. Uh, and I think, yeah. that, you know, there's a couple of pieces there. But right now, the the play from some guys that I didn't expect, you know, Bozer, Pu Buster Posey, you know, some Brandon Belt. Man, it's a quarter away. Can they hold up for the whole season? I don't know. Um, I, uh, I I think the Braves uh, uh, always go back to it. I think we're finding out they're for real not a very good team right now. Um, yeah. I, I really think the, the, the power of the East is where it's showing to be right now. And, um, you know, Soroka undergoes exploratory surgery. That's not I don't, good. That, that don't sound good just by the nature of it. Right. Uh, Blaze Wilson not been the player we thought. Max Fried struggled. And, and frankly, the other teams in the division have kind of played okay. So uh, the White Sox are just yes. a little bit I, – I, I want to see just a hair more out of the White Sox. But I think, I think the White Sox are – semi putting it together lately and starting yeah. to be the team we thought they could be. Uh, I'm real interested in a couple of, you know, I know uh, you talked about a couple of prospects from Boston and that LA East and Toronto. I think that's the place you go shopping right now for possible prospect to up call in the next uh, few weeks that seems like there's some guys out there in that LA East that's just on the verge of being impact players. Well, you know, um, I'll tell you that in particular, the, the two in Tampa are, are um, really exceptional. Um, I just thought of it on air, but it's it's kind of like the the Bobachet and Vladdy Guerrero of of Tampa Bay. I mean, yeah. I really I, and here's the thing about that: 
just like Tampa Bay had Kevin Biggio and Lourdes Guerrero, um, Tampa's the same way. This Josh Lowe kid's really good. Um, they've got, you know, probably six or seven. The, the Durham-Raleigh team right now would probably beat about four or five teams in the majors. They beat the Pirates. They beat the the, the Tigers. They beat, they're beat. they really loaded in Tampa. Um, and they're spearheaded by those two young prospects. I said it at eight. You know, um, I, I feel like Bruhan gets the call first, but I feel like both of them play up this year. Bruhan to me is just a special talent. Well, you know, uh, I, I agree with you, and I think they're I, I, Tampa seems to be so loaded. Yeah. Um, the one we've really not even touched on. I didn't hear you bring it up today. How good is Wilson Contreras playing for the Braves right now? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, he really has become the front line catcher in Atlanta. Now, whether he will be a month and a half from now is another oh. question. But, you know, right now he has played really well. Someone else that I've really, I, I really think I, I was thrilled. It's a local story, but a national story. Hunter Green in his first outing as a red oh. or, or as a Chattanooga lookout goes five innings. Throws 40 pitches stud. over 100 miles an hour. He's a stud. Yeah, first outing in a 1,000 days, Chappie. It's something ridiculous since his Tommy John and then the cancellation. And, you know, and he looked absolutely great the other night. So I'll put this on you, Randall. <laughs> you love me when I put this baseball tough questions on you, right? Right. <clears throat> How far away is Hunter Green? I don't think I don't think he's far, Chappie. Now I didn't get to see the game, but I had people at the game that I trust. Right. And they were they're more concerned with Hunter Green getting enough innings under his belt to make sure he is ready for the long haul. Um a guy that is at every game, uh, a local legend said he was ready for the big leagues today. Um, but I, I don't think you rush it after all that time off. I, I've heard rumors he's going to get a half a season in Chattanooga. If he pitches like he did again, I don't see it being a half a season in Chattanooga. I see him being an Indy, maybe throwing at that AAA level. Uh, I think that's where their AAA team is. Um, um, since he is in Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Uh, throwing, throwing at that AAA level for, for a month or two. I don't think we see him unless it's a September call-up, but he's a guy for my list in 2022 right now. Um, I, I, God, it's it, it's a thousand days since he pitched, Chappie. I mean, how how much do you want to push that? Well, and, you know, it, it's interesting. I talked a little bit about Shohei um, earlier and the, the, the two-way player thing. They've um, – they've, put that to the side with him, right? Um, he was a shortstop, yeah. of course, coming up, um, you know, yep. thought to be a top 10 type of talent at shortstop. Um, but, you know, consistently throwing the ball over 100 miles an hour. I concern a little bit about his control and his command. Yeah. He just I, doesn't have enough innings behind him for me right. to be 100%. So whereas when you look at a guy like Manoa, who I, I – not to go back on it, who I talked about earlier – 
Um, that guy's pitched big innings, whether it be in the Big 12 and the you know in the NCAA tournament. Um, now he's put some time in in the minor leagues. I have much more confidence in a guy like Alec Manoa than I do Hunter Green because of his experience. Again, it's been <clears throat> it's been a long time since Hunter Green played. Well, and he was a high school pitcher too, right? Yeah. So, well, you know, and I think we're seeing him. It's becoming either either you're Shohei or you're Jarrett Walsh, and when you get to the majors. I think they finally gave up on Jarrett Walsh. Pitching. Tanner Falefa, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Steve Scalfini. I mean, there's an expansive list. But the, I do not see anything wrong with what they're doing. Let these kids start as a pitcher combo outfielder. Let them get through the low minors. Right. Uh, their talent will will show their way. And I go back to Zach Greinke. And, you know, I know he's a little bit crazy. But I think if you – I think if you took Zach Greinke today and you put him in as a low minors as a shortstop pitching prospect, I don't know that he ends up being a 200-plus winner in the major leagues. Or if he ends up being a 200-plus winner plus a sometime DH. You know, that's all these kids have ever done. You know, they've hit. And I'm a big SEC guy. I heard you talk about that. Right. I guarantee you, of the 14 SEC teams, their closer is a position player that you right. will see right. come from the outfield, come from right. third base, come from first base. I mean, it, it, it really, at this level, it's commonplace. So um, I, I really think Hunter Green found his home, and, and I hope the Reds stay patient with him and give him 21. I really think he deserves 21 just to make sure he's ready. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I remember when he got drafted, he was all the hype. And, you know, it was him and Mackenzie Gore and Brandon McKay were all these two-way players, yeah. right? Um, and you're absolutely right. Like, it just doesn't come to fruition. Um, the talent – and it's we've seen it on both ends. It's usually the ba- the batter side of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, but but you look at, you know, a guy like Di Scalfini, I mean, you know um, – even as far as what two or three years ago back, he was playing the outfield for the Reds. So, um, you know, and sometimes guys, those guys can do it. That's what makes Shohei so special. He's dominating both. I, I don't make light of baseball usually, but Chris Bryant came in and pitched the ninth inning the other night and struck Freddie Freeman out. That was I mean, Rizzo. <sighs> Yeah. Rizzo, yeah. Rizzo come in and struck Freddie Freeman out. Probably yeah. hadn't been on the mound in years. <laughs> but but you know, that's kitschy. I all that stuff, I don't I don't I, I guess, you know, to me, like when you look at it and you see these kids um who go out there and have a legitimate um shot <clears throat> at getting people out on the mound and getting on base, um at the plate that that's special and uh, even absolutely. as talented even as talented as some of these guys are even as talented as Mackenzie Gore is even as talented as Brendan McKay is they still fall short when it comes to that two-way player they do. Shohei Otani is dominating both sides of the ball Randall when's the last time you've seen this 
Have we ever seen this? Hey, Bruce. It's I, insane. I mean, it's I, insane. I, I, I got asked the same question the other day, and the comparison I came up with was Babe Ruth as a Red Sox. And, I mean, it's similar that Babe would win 20 games as a pitcher and hit 300 when they played him in the outfield, you know. <coughs> but they didn't do it in the, he didn't do it in the same season. Uh, no, but, I mean, talent-wise, I guess it's the it's – the, And let's let's not blaze over. If it wasn't for the DH rule, I don't know that he could be doing this. Oh, I I disagree. So I totally you, disagree. Well, I to, I totally disagree. It's it's the toll on the body that I think would get him. It's the same thing you just said, though. There's no reason he can't stand out there in right field with his finger up his nose. Right field. I, 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 I went the right way on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, even think about it. Think about it. If he was playing in the field, it might work out better because you could be in there and it could be, say you pitch on Sunday, it could be Wednesday and you might need a closer. Or even better yet, you might need a left-handed specialist. Hey, Shohei, come and get this batter out. From the I I'm sorry I'm bad at this from the left handed side of the plate, and they go back out to right field. That would be right the truly interesting part. And you know and here's the thing, here's the thing. Joe Madden gets a lot of slack, a lot of it rightfully so. He's the one manager that has the set to do that. Well, and that's not un- – again, I'm a big college baseball fan, and I, I, that's not – That's un- why I brought it up. Right. And college baseball. Uh, and it's not uh, – You're throwing a bullpen session anyway midweek. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why not come and throw 30 pitches when it counts and get a save to, to book to go on? Yeah, absolutely. Now, to me – being in right field, sending your pitcher out to right field, bringing Shohei in to play. Yeah. That is much more a college move than, than, and I mean, it's done every weekend, especially if you go watch a Wednesday night game where they're not playing their league series. Right. You might see the left fielder face one at bat, the right fielder another one, and then they'll bring a pitcher out of the bullpen, you know? Right. Right, play the matchups. And that's the thing. I guess that's that, you know, it's it, it, it everything's so cookie cutter these days. I feel like, you know, again, Madden Mad gets his fair share of guff. But I feel like if you have a guy like Shohei, he was grossly mismanaged under. I'm sorry, I can't remember who the previous manager was. I think yeah. it was, so was it Socha? I, yeah, it was, I think so. I mean, there might have been a guy, but it doesn't matter. Madden has enough wherewithal to utilize him in the eighth inning or the seventh inning when he's been pitching, but you don't want to lose his bat to throw him out there in right field. Right. That's just good baseball sense. The um, so 
this leads me to a question. I don't know why it's clicking in my head or that. Is it more impressive for somebody to pitch in the major leagues and hit in the major leagues or somebody like Deion Sanders who plays snaps on the offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football? I, I can't answer that. I, I mean, the, the whole athleticism of football thing, I just never had, you know, I mean, I played it, but I wasn't, you know, so, but to, from the baseball perspective, like it, it is so hard. I think you just hit it. If football is athletic and if you're athletic, you can right. play both sides of the football. Baseball is a special. It's talent. Set it's skill. talent. It's just a, yeah, exactly. It's talent. It's just different. It's more, to me, the skill of playing baseball is similar to a golfer hitting a 340-yard drive. Let me tell you, because I want to move on from this. I want to talk about some other things. But I, I just want – so back to Shohei. I, I, this might sound – I don't mean this to sound insensitive. When Shohei's at bat, he looks like a samurai swinging a sword. I've seen him on more, and, and again, I think I know you know this. I stay up at night to watch the Angels because my wife's in bed, and that's kind of when I get to watch my baseball. Right? You okay? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, my daughter needs the car keys. Okay. Okay, got you. All right, sorry. So, so I stay up at night to watch Shohei when yeah. he swings the bat. Now, when he pulls, it's a totally different thing. He rolls his wrists over. He kind of has that um, prototypical Japanese where he's coming out. But he gets power behind him. But when he hits it the other way, it looks like a samurai swinging a sword, almost slicing through it. And the power that he gets off of that, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody do that stuff. I've been watching baseball a long time, Randall. Would I've never you, seen it. Would you say he's an automatic uh, MVP candidate if he continues this all year? He's he's not a candidate. He's not a candidate. It's not a race. If he continues what he's doing, he is the MVP. Everyone else is catching, playing for second. He's the best player I've seen since Barry Bonds. If he continues what he's doing. Fourth of the way. We got a long ways to go, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's health with him, right? Yeah. It's health with him. I, I love what I see out of Shohei Otani. And in all honesty, I said this at eight. I don't know if you caught this part or not. I've never seen a team like the Angels. Half the team is generational players. Yeah. The other half of the team is double A talent. It's a it's an unusual. It's crazy. Yeah, but I, I'll tell you. You know, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Chris Rodriguez. They say there's, you know, he's coming off an I think a shoulder injury, maybe a forearm, but they're trying to stretch him out to put him into the starting rotation. Their pitching is bad, very, and, and, and that's you know their offense has been pretty good. Um. But you know, it they're they're pitching once you get outside of you know Bundy and Haney are even questionable, but after that, it's just not 
good. And the bullpen, it's, t- it's, it's not good. And do you think that move to uh, go ahead and cut Albert Pujols is an anticipation to save a little money? I mean, it seems like in the offseason, that's a team that needs to spend a little money now. You're saving very little money by cutting Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols was surely a move to get Jared Walsh and Shohei Otani every day playing time. Yeah, yeah. The question is, who's the prospect they bring up? Is it Brandon Marsh or is it Joey Dell? I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. And it won't be for probably, what, two weeks? Yeah. But one of those guys is going to come up. Yeah. Logically, yeah, yeah. I don't think Adele's – I think Adele is overrated. I'll I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah, you've been on that one for a while. Yeah. I I think Marsh could be decent. So, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, What else, baseball-wise, before we pivot over? Uh, what, what what do you want to talk about in baseball? Well, you know, the lead story here, and I know probably in the rest of part of the country, it's it's a nice – it's a story that's ongoing. But they front page news every day is it seems the city of Nashville is going all in to land the Oakland A's. And on the other show, we talked about where would you like to see baseball. And I must admit, um, I probably I, – I said Vegas first. But Nashville is such a growing, almost sprawling city that it's a natural fit. And again, um, it's an American League team. You can, you, you know, this is Braves country. Right. You bring American League team in. You're really not competing. Right. With the Braves market. So uh, I, I, I really, I mean, my question would be to you, where would you like to see a team? Nashville, Charlotte. Montreal, Las Vegas, Portland. What 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 does Chappie say? You know you caught me off guard with this. Yeah, well every now and then I get you. But you know I'm prepared for this. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think Nashville's a great location. I, I mean they they'd be on the short list for sure. Uh, when you start looking, I was looking at it today just geographically, what made sense. You know, the the historian in me, Montreal, I mean, right. you know, I, I would love to – well, another story for another day. I'd love to live in Montreal. I've told my wife that all the time. And it seems uh, like they are very insistent on Montreal getting a startup franchise and maybe well, returning I, to Expo's days. Right. Uh, I mean, but, you know, that, that kind of doesn't fit the mold for me short term. So that that's on the short list, but I don't think it's, um, you know, so, so, so to me, there's three areas and Portland's a, 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 um, another consideration. Right. But, but to me, the place where I would love to see baseball and I'm just not sure how they draw, um, is new Orleans. Interesting. Um, I just think that deep South baseball feel, you don't have a whole lot of it, you know, none. Florida teams do not they, – they, they, they're having, there's a different feel for those Florida teams than they right. are Atlanta. <clears throat> and we were discussing this NFL-wise. I mean, really, the deep south sports world is Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Nashville. That's pretty much the deep south feel. Right. 
Florida is a completely different field. Texas is a completely different field. Sure. I, I, I just, to me, like having, um, having a professional team in that area um, w- would make a whole lot of sense. And it would open some things up maybe for the future as well. Like you said, bringing in a Montreal startup team. Um, if, if you do go to expansion in the near future, you know, um, you look at natural um, rivalries. You already have Houston. You already have um, um, text the, the Rangers, um, you know, like you said, you go over to Florida, it's fairly close. And geographically, it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I think any of those four areas make a whole lot of sense. Um, Montreal, Nashville, New Orleans, and Portland. But um, really, it's a coin flip. And who can offer the best facilities? Right. So, so, so to me, I come back to, to Nashville, right? Um, it, it's a city that's doing rather, rather well. Um, like you said, it's expanding. It's central. Um, I, so, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I would be, I. It would be tough seeing Oakland move. That's that's something I've known since I was a kid. Yeah. It, and it's a shame. Um, I, I've I've been to the Coliseum. The Alameda, I think it is, Coliseum. Yeah. 15 years ago, Chappie, it was the worst baseball facility I'd been in. Sure. Um, it's a shame. And if you go through the city of Oakland, they've already lost the Raiders, of course. And and now it looks like they're going to lose the A's. And, you know, you're down to the Golden State Warriors. And, and that's kind of a shared team, I think, with San Francisco a little bit. And, right. You know, Oakland's a proud sports city, and it would be tough to to watch Oakland without an MLB team, without an NFL team. But my parents, God rest their soul, are no longer with us. But a couple of years ago, we were talking about they had watched Atlanta grow up in the 60s and 70s. And it was very uh, – they used a Nashville comparison very well. And, and you see that kind of expansion in Nashville. It's – uh, I mean, it's unreal. A hotel in Nashville is $250 now because you simply cannot book a room. Uh, a day's in, $250. So, yeah, Nashville is a it's a sprawling metropolis now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it's one of those things where that's, you know, kind of where baseball has to look is to where people who are. And, you know, I mean, India's the, India's the same way. Um, I, you know, there's there's too many major league teams close to Indy though for them to be a serious contender, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd love to see it. You know, the 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 Indians over here are great. You know, it's a Pirates Triple A affiliate. I love going over here. Um, I go a handful of times a year. It's the best deal in sports. You can go over ten for ten bucks and sit in the front row. You know, right. right. Um, but just the matter that since he's two hours away. Um, two Chicago teams are four hours away. Detroit's four hours away, and St. Louis is five hours away. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to smack a another major league team right here in the middle of all that to compete with that television market. Whereas in um, um, Nashville, it's sorry, I lost my mind there for a second. In Nashville, you got the Braves, but that's about it, right? Next closest would be St. Louis, about five hours away. And the Reds about five hours away. So right. 
And right. Atlanta is about four and a half hours from, I live uh, the halfway point. I'm 210 from Nashville and, uh, and an hour 40 from Atlanta. So right. it's still a good little haul. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I got a whole bunch of baseball stuff, but I do want to talk some football real quick before we move on to football, though. What have you? What are your thoughts on Giancarlo Stanton? Well, um, you know, I I, I I I thought we were going here today, and I just went and I did the chappy. I just looked at some of the advanced stats. Yeah. Um. I. I feel like this. I feel like this is Giancarlo Stanton in twenty twenty one. Um, I, I feel like it It should. This still should be an elite player. Um, I struggle. Uh, I got, you know, maybe I should give a little background. You know, I, one of the teams I used to really enjoy going and watch was the Marlins. And, you right. know, at one point we had Yelich, Stanton. Azuna. Azuna. And, and you, when you watch that team, you felt like Stanton – uh, of that stud outfield, you felt like Stanton yeah. was the man. He was. Uh, I don't know that he is anymore. Um, you, it seems like New York's tough on folks, you know. Um, and when I finished looking at it, I, I was going to ask you, uh, in, in return, does something look different about him as a baseball player? This I, year, I mean, you mean? Yes. Well, he looks healthy. Uh, has it been health? Is that been? Yeah. Has that been the? Uh, that's part of. That's most of it. The other part of it, he's ticked off. Hey, when he was in Miami, standing between Azuna and Yelich, you knew who the man was. I mean, if you look at what he's doing, so so it's a number of things, right? <clears throat> the league's going to adjust to him. Right. I'll, I'll start by saying that. So he's having – start at the beginning. He's having a career year. I'll say that again. He's having a career year. The former MVP. No, he has to stay healthy. Right. But over his first 30 games, it's statistically his best career start ever. Better than his 20, 2014 MVP season. Better than his second MVP season or uh, second voting MVP season. This year is the best year he's had. And, and so, so what's going on is uh, there's a couple of things going on, Randall. They're pitching him more strikes. He's seeing nearly half of the balls he's seeing are strikes. 48%. That's huge. And that's what the advanced scout said. Yeah. Yeah. And that's – you can thank – DJ LeMayhew, and 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 generally some of the other talent in that lineup. 
the bad starts for Gary Sanchez, the bad starts for Aaron Judge. You can thank Jim. You got to pitch to one of those guys. So, Chappie, it's it's two is is his current production and two seventy enough to be an MVP year? Because I mean, I don't think he's ever been a guy that's hit three twenty and never will be. But I mean, right now he's hitting two eighty. And I, I don't want to give him credit for three years ago when he was healthy, 38 and 100. But can he keep 282, 290 up all year long? Yes. Okay. Then he's, yes. he is, uh, he's, he's, he's there with Otonia, right. Trout, and uh, right. is a, the top five of the, if, if this year continues. Yeah. I didn't realize till just now, he only played in 41 games the last two years. Right. That's pretty telling. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, it's tough because when you sign for all that money, you tend to want to get out in the field and prove yourself. <clears throat> maybe at times he pushed himself over the last couple of years where maybe he shouldn't have. Played when he shouldn't have. Right. Made himself available when he shouldn't have. Do you think that the 211 strikeouts – Got in his head a little bit in eighteen. I, mean, I think, that, I think that, the fans got in his head. Okay, fair enough. And and at this point, he doesn't give a crap about that. He doesn't care. He just wants to be go back to being the big bad Mike Stanton that he was in Florida. Thirty-two and thirty-two in baseball years is prime. As a hitter, I mean, you know, I talked about Yuli Gurriel at thirty-seven. At eight o'clock. I mean, to me, I'm not worried about. Here's the thing about Giancarlo Stanton. If you look back at Statcast's history, you know he owns about half of the hardest hit balls in the since the advent of Statcast. You know, like I said, I've probably seen him play 15 times over his Miami career. When when I use the word, the ball sounded different off his bat, it does. It's yeah. crisper. It's sharper. It's a different sound. So if you look at StatCast, of, I think it's I, – I don't have it in front of me, so forgive me for generalizing. But I think, like, of the top 20 hardest-hit balls, Stanton has 10. Judge has, like, seven. Vladdy has two. And uh, Otani has one. That's since 2015. So w when you talk about a guy who has approximately half of the hard hit balls in the major leagues of the top, whatever the number is, that's influential. That tells me that short porch of Yankee Stadium can't really hold him. Next question to you. How high can he go in the home run total? I don't know. I think uh, obviously 50 is attainable. Yeah. Uh, the question was going to be can he hit 60? Uh, 55 seems reasonable. I know that sounds crazy. 
given a full year of health. He had 59 in 2017. Yeah. I mean. Well, and that's what I was going up to that next. So 59 is his career high, right? I don't. Again, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, it's it's. it's I saw him play that year. I think I saw him hit number I, 57. I, I wonder – to get to that number, the band's going to have to step up their play. Yeah, absolutely. Sanchez, Voight, Torres. He, he was in a very protected situation in right. 17. Right. That's going to have to happen. I mean, let's talk I – mean, the average fan, do we, do we really – I mean, I guess we're not average fans. I appreciate – the protection behind a guy that can be an elite eater. Do you think um, Ronald Acuna is is why why did the Braves move Freddie up to two when the two zero was slacking to get Acuna pitches? I mean, and and you know, if you have a lineup that has in that lineup, you almost feel like pitching to Stanton is. Uh, maybe better than getting deeper in that order. So you take your chances where you can. Um, I thought we were going to talk Braves. Uh, no, I, I'm struck. The Braves are struggling so bad right now. I flipped You don't the want to talk Braves. I, I flipped the TV off the other night. I was so upset. Uh, but yeah, it's the same situation. I think, I, I, you know, I feel like the whole uh, lineup is not – the Braves lineup doesn't feel like the Braves lineup right now. And 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 you feel like those top two guys have to do it night in, night out. The key to me last couple of years with the Braves have has been how good Swanson played, how good other guys were playing. Uh, let's not forget Tyler Flowers at one point was tattooing the ball in the fifth hole. Yeah. Swanson was tattooing the ball in the sixth hole. Right now, if you pitch around Freddie and you get around Acuna, Ozzy. Well, Freddie's not hitting the ball. No, Freddie's not hitting the ball. But Freddie's the one guy that's capable of. Right. You know, but Ozzy's not hitting the ball. Swanson's not hitting the ball. Actually, that's not true. He's had a homer two of the last three nights. Yeah, that's true. I got him in my league, brother. I've been ha- I've been struggling with him. I, let me tell you, I I think Swanson's coming around. I think Albies is coming around. And and, and I, I got to tell you, I, and and I I think you know where I'm going here. Who's the better Contreras brother? Uh, after the last week of watching Wilson, I, I'm, I'm William. I'm on, uh, William, I'm 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 in. I'm in, and I, you know, I I've been truly, saying it for two years. I truly kept saying, <laughs> thinking that Langoliers is the catcher of the future. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what happens with Langoliers at this point. He because it's going to be hard to get that Contreras bat. That out the yeah. bat, and as good as Langoliers is, and, and he is that elite defensive. He totally. Uh, he is but, so good, but. Can you get that bat out of the lineup? Because right now, basically, the field is better. Now, the pitching staff is in disarray. Uh, they re-signed Sean Green. 
if you basically can throw a fastball over 85 miles an hour and has I love the Sean around, Green. I love the Sean Green sign. I, I did too, and I think he was a missing piece. Uh, they signed a couple of other pitchers just looking looking for some fix in that bullpen, you know. I don't think the Braves are anywhere near done, but I definitely think um, they're trying to find themselves. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lost. I've been around enough baseball and football teams that they're lost a little bit, and the identity's not the same. And um, and you wonder what changed from last year, and what might have changed from last year. Chappie was, I felt like the Braves played with that us against the world mentality last year. They threw, they threw Soroka, Ian Anderson, and Blaze Wilson in, in the NLCS and was like, hey, we, we've got it, you know? And I just, I, maybe a little of the success last year is the problem. Um, I think we could see money spent in the offseason and, uh, Frustrated. As a Braves fan, it's very frustrating right now. I'm going to push back just a little bit. I got a solution that I think might just work for you. The bets are going to trade us to Grom? No. Okay. Well, that's my – Well, I mean, so there's there's enough young pitching there that I feel like guys like Kyle Wright, guys like Kyle Muller, um, there, there are a few others. They – can and will be given a chance later on the season. And, and and at this point, a quarter of the way through the season, I, I, if you're ever going to fix those arms or get those arms comfortable, this is the year to do it. I do not, uh, unless something happens, I do not see this team contending for a playoff spot. But you know, it's, it's a, a tough division. Away. It's yeah. a tough division. But here's here's my proposal. I'd like to know what you think. Move Acuna back to center field. I'm okay with that. Move William Contreras to right field. I'm okay with that. And bring Langliers up to catch. I'm okay with that. I feel like Contreras, a lot like his brother, although it wasn't utilized that way, it hasn't been, is a middle of the lineup type of bat. Absolutely. And if you can ask him to play right field, bulk up a little bit, hit for power, put Acuna, even if he's maybe hitting, you know, or playing out of position a little bit, his speed helps out with Ozuna's shortcomings. Yeah. And there's a 35 home run guy in that body somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about him. Um, I feel like if you do that, the thing about Langoliers, you mentioned he's a good defensive player. He is Matt Chapman behind the plate. He's a generational type of talent behind the plate. Agreed. He automatically takes that pitching staff and makes them better just by stepping on the field. Now, Huascar Yanoa has been great. They're asking a lot of them, though, right? 
Yeah. You have to protect him. I I, I, I wonder about boy Kyle Wright's been a disappointment. Yeah, and you know, we talked about Vandy earlier, and uh, I got to see Kyle Wright at Vandy, and he was electric. I, he was the sure – I would have snapped sure thing on his head in a heartbeat. Right. So you got to figure out how to get him right. You need, you need another pitcher from your own system. And you need to go try and acquire one. Absolutely, I agree, and I and I think that's in the form of one of the outfielders, right? Bache or Waters or you could still get value for right, right. They actually have a first baseman at Double A that's now starting to make quite a bit of noise. Which what's his name? I forget. Oh, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have it off top of my head. That's fine. That's fine. Um. You have some tradable pieces, and, and right. first base is the least of our worries right now. You know, right? Um, I think the Braves have drafted well. I'm worried a little bit. Um, there's a group that they feel feels like can still help. Then there's kind of a a break, and then the feels like the rest of the help is in the low A's right now or right. at Rome. So um, I think you're right. I think they're going to have – ironically, I was just sitting here playing with Contreras. Uh, I wish I hadn't thrown the piece of paper away. I, I, I actually played with that lineup tonight and where you could hit everybody, uh, and it was exactly what you said. Yeah. And uh, that was on the sports talk show about a month ago locally when Flowers first got hurt. And, uh, and and Pache was struggling so badly. If you bring Contreras up and he hits, can you get him and Langoliers to the to the majors in the same year? Now Langoliers, I'm going to get to see Langoliers in the next month. He's in he's about an hour away in Rome, so I'm hoping to go down there just just to get to see him in person. You said it wrong. When he hits. When, yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Not if he that kid's gonna hit. That kid's gonna be a ball player. Well, you I know, think he plays in the outfield. That's me. You know, you, you get those talents. Sometimes you gotta find a place to play them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause because obviously they drafted the the the, the you know Langleyers out for a reason. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But but they didn't lose sight of what they had. They knew what they had. And, and, you know, when they drafted Langoliers, none of us thought of Contreras. But I remember the team talking about – I did. Well, yeah, locally we we didn't. But <laughs> I remember the team talking about they had two great catching prospects. And the point was That was made, the first thing that came to my mind. And the point was made, if you have them both up, there's no need to carry to another – I mean, catcher. You can actually right. probably carry an extra arm or – right. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, hey, I I know we want to move on. Can we wrap up baseball? Do you have anything yeah. else you want no, to talk man, about? That's, I, I had more baseball than I realized I had. In that, that's great. I, I You know, it's funny. We kind of talked a little bit last week about the draft. 
Um, but I, I feel like, you know, we are not, I, <laughs> I know you were super stoked today, um, set up my first dynasty league on yeah. sleeper, Yeah. um, doing a couple different things on sleeper. We did our bracket thing, um, on sleeper, which was really cool. Congratulations. You won that by the way. Um, what, um, what do you want to talk about with football? What are your initial thoughts? On fantasy football, year 2021. How I'm going to get unique in the draft is my first thought. And I have it this time of the year. And, uh, and, and you know, you've inspired me to be crystal clear with my thoughts when it comes to fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And I think I can help folks. But let me tell you what I'm doing right now, Champy. Yeah. We've got the draft in. Now I'm moving through the draft and I'm looking at players. Does this draft benefit players such as, uh, let's just take one we've already talked about, James Robinson. What did this do to James Robinson's projections? Moving through the draft, one of the interesting things I came to is my projections for Jalen Rager. You Mm. know, last year was – not the year that we thought he would have. Now you're going to have help on the yeah, other side. Definitely. Uh, and you're going to get not probably see the earth snaps. You're going to get Goddard snaps. The running back situation's better. People are going to draft the Alabama receivers where they're going to draft them. Jalen Rager is somebody I wrote already down. That's a great uh, call. In my little list. Um, another one is from – your neck of the woods, uh, and 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 thinking about Najee Harris. Yeah, you know, uh, I changed his projection by about 150 yards the other day. Okay, I think I gave him 1,200 yards when we talked the other day. But when you really look at that lineup, who's going to be the backup if he stays healthy? Who is? Wow. There, there's not going to be. You even felt when James Conner is there, he was going to lose five to ten touches a year. Right. I don't know if Najee Harris loses ten touches a game. So, so as a Steeler fan, I pretty much agree with you. Um, the kid from Maryland, McFarland, I think is his name. McFarland will be the backup, and he's a great player. Don't get me he's wrong. he's a pass catching back. Yeah. He, he's not a between-and-tackles guy. I don't know if Benny Snow makes the team. I, I don't either. And that's I, I came away with Najee and McFarlane and a big question mark. That's where I ended at my Pittsburgh break. I, om- I almost think what happens there is they keep um, Derek Watt as their third back. I could see and that. They, and they keep McFarlane and Najee, and then they every week they taxi out um, – Benny Snell or whoever, you know, as that next guy. But but really, I mean, if you look at the way they're built, you know Freemuth is going to play. Um, uh, the Steelers, to me, the guy who stands to have the biggest improvement going into 2021, aside from the rookie, is Chase Claypool. Uh, and and uh, that's the logical choice. In my head, though, uh, I think Juju is the, the quiet sleeper of the – I mean, I think everybody's going to over – and, and I start breaking down, Chappie, who, 
Who's folks going to overdraft? I think Claypool gets overdrafted. A little That's a bit. great point. That's a great point. I I love Kyle Pitts. I, I've I've ordered my Kyle Pitts jersey. Uh, I've worn Matt Ryan jersey for ten years. My Kyle Pitts jersey. But I promise you, come draft day for his production. Yeah. In a redraft league, folks are going to overdraft Kyle right. Pitts. I agree. Um, so I just don't want to be the guy that's overdrafting someone. I want to catch those guys on the backside. Uh, some so, of the names. So to that point, to that point, Deontay Johnson's a great call here, right? Absolutely, Deontay Johnson is a guy you could probably right. steal late. Right. Curtis Samuel in Washington, I, guy you can steal late. People to avoid on my list. The first one that made my – I'm not drafting him at his price, Michael Thomas. Oh, Alvin yeah. Kamara. I'm not yeah. paying what people no, no, are no. going to pay for those guys. Right, right. So that's my process at this point, Chappie. I'm going through and, – and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, but I'm, I'm taking what I think perception is of players and I'm bumping them against my list. So um, – so, I don't want to spend much time on this. Who starts a quarterback in New Orleans? Uh, I think Jamin is Swinston. Is that a, uh, is that is that the right move? I think so. I think it was the right. I think it was the right move last year. I don't understand. Well, uh, again, Taysom Hill won three or four games, and but if you watched any of those games, that was not a NFL style offense. That was a we're going to win four games with a very athletic guy. So uh, I think it's Seamus Winston. Yeah, I agree. So <clears throat> who um, – what other fantasy-relevant players are you are you looking at? I, I like Barkley on a bounce back from the injury. Yeah. I like the L.A. Rams offense a lot. Who do you everywhere. like? Who do you like there? I, I like the running backs. I like especially uh, your guy. I won't throw, I won't spoil it since I know you're so high on him. But uh, I also I like their draft pick in the wide receiver Atwell. But I really think really think this could be a you've got Matt Stafford right now who can get the ball downfield, and you know there's a couple of guys. I think this could be a huge year for Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, I think this could be a huge year for all those receivers. I, I, I'll say this. I mean, I obviously, I got a couple things to say about the Rams, right? First right. thing I want to say about the Rams, you know I love Akers. Um, I, I, that's the guy. That yeah. really is the guy. It, it, it's, it's almost like um, the second coming of Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, it's Henderson is going to be his backup, is the way I read. And that. and then that's fine, but he'll be a distant second. the The thing to me, though, the biggest difference between this year and last year for the Rams is obviously Matt Stafford. Um, I, I I think agree, I agree with you. Obviously, that all the receivers are going to benefit from this. I think the guy that benefits the most from this is the guy on the outside. That's Robert Woods. Uh, yes, because he, because. Goff couldn't get that ball to him. Stafford will absolutely be able to get that ball to him down the field, outside of the numbers, what have you, um, whereas Goff struggled with that. 
Um, I, I, I obviously Cooper Cup's a, a threat down the seam. I think you'll find him a lot on that open cut further down the field. Yeah, I, I wonder. Think, I wonder about I the tight say, ends. I wonder about the tight ends. How they utilize those guys, right? Uh, you know, Hickby always seems like an underused. Right. Uh, you know, both guy. of them really. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I think you'll see. I, I think they brought Atwell. They spent their highest draft Atwell on Atwell. Um, and I really think their plan is Atwell to be the home run hitter. Right. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson really stretched the field. Robert Woods becomes the lead receiver in that offense. And then I think Cooper Cup and the three tight or two tight ends get an up click because what Matthew Stafford can do is in a situation where his first and second is covered, Matthew Stafford can stick the ball in on a dime. So I really look for for that game to get a little more vertical and Cooper Cup not running so many seven-yard ends. Let me ask so. you a question. Who's the better offensive mind, Sean McVay or Zach Taylor? Everyone in the world would say Sean McVay, but I'm telling you, Zach Taylor is is a, a great You know coach. I'm not that person, right? Yeah. You know I'm not everyone in the world. Uh, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Sean McVay is a great coach. Don't he is. He is. Uh, but, yeah, Zach Taylor seems to uh, – I really like the Bengals draft. I really think the Ooh. Bengals are going to have a good year. <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, okay, uh, let me ask you this question. Who's a better offensive mind? Joe Kelly or Zach Thomas? <laughs> this is fun, right? Zach Thomas. Yeah. Taylor, right, yeah. No, I, I'm I, – but it's close though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I mean – the, the thing I like, the thing I like about about Taylor is he's got his quarterback. Yeah, he does, and his quarterback's comfortable with his weapons. That offense, to me, I mean, I think you know this about me. I kind of pride myself on getting the next big thing at quarterback, right? Right. I, I, I mean, we've known each other what like three or four years now, right? Yeah. That's always kind of been my thing. Who I'll, – I'll say it like this. Rank these three quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, I, see your, I see your wheels turning. Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts. The order you gave them, man. Ooh, that was quick. Why? Um, for and I really want to move just I really want to move Jalen Hurts up. I really do. Yeah, that's um, a tough that's a tough move up though, right? It's tough because I feel like those two in front of him are, are amazing. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really think they're a special special breed. So, uh, you know, and I got a question for you. So I'll throw one back at you. Historically, fantasy. 
was there is a great trend over over multiple decades. If you follow it, what year do you think wide receivers have their breakout year on average? Third. Absolutely. So guess who's in the third year draft? Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Dante Pettis. There's a lot of guys that's played a lot of football, but not Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the guys you, you, you move them. I promise you folks, if you move them up a few spots, you're going to find gold. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually think Calvin Ridley leads the Falcons in yardage this year. Julio or no Julio. Yeah. So, uh, it's think what happens with Cortland Sutton if somebody from up a little north ends up down in Denver. That's not happening. That's not happening. I hope not because I love Aaron Rodgers. That's not happening. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Let's hope so. I, I Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Listen. Christian Kirk. Another name. L- let me ask you this. What do you see? Give me your prediction for Jalen Hurts this year. 33, 5, 27, and 11. 3,300 yards. 500 on the ground. 500 on the ground. 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Somewhere between three and six rushing touchdowns. That's a damn good year. That's a damn good year playing in a damn bad division, too, where he can do that. If he was in a different division, I don't know if I'd be that high. So give me a comp for Jalen Hurts. A comp would be Cam Newton in his second year. Uh, Cam Newton really exploded uh, the year afterwards. Matter of fact, let me pull Cam's stats. Uh, I think he's a better passer than Cam. uh, At this point in his career, you are absolutely right. Uh, I don't think he's as – Cam, to me, was always a running back, playing quarterback. I don't see that out of Hurts. You know what I see out of Jalen Hurts? I'm going to give you a comp, and it's going to blow your flipping mind. All right, throw it at me. Tom Brady. Wow, now that is a comp. Work ethic. Leadership. Trashed in the media. Um, Competitive edge. You, You know Alabama. Right. Do you know a more competitive guy than Jalen Hurts? No, I do not. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was sent out of Alabama kind of embarrassed. Yes. And what his family and him done, to their credit, was – and I wish I had the guy's name. They hired a private quarterback's coach to improve his throwing motion. And if you have not seen a split screen of Alabama his junior year and last year in the NFL – it is radically different. Uh, the thing that impresses me most, and you you touched on it, about Jalen Hurts. You know, being a Big 12 fan, I saw a lot of his senior year 
at Oklahoma. How he handled that adversity at, at Oklahoma, going into another, I'll say it, a blue chip school. Yep. And just going in and running his race, leading by example and the way he carried himself both on the field and off the field, to me, it screams generational leader. That's yep. why I made that comparison. So I, I really do think, just I'll be quick. No, I, I really do think when you're looking at 15 years from now, players going at Canton from this group in time, those are the three guys that we're going to be talking about at the quarterback position. If you are a team now, Chappie's – Chappie's fear and ignorance, arrogance. <laughs> and you're an NFL franchise. And they said, okay, you can pick for one of these two quarterbacks to start your franchise with. Either you can take Jalen Hurts from the Eagles or Tua from the Dolphins. Hurts. I know, but two years ago, none of us thought it. And I would do the same thing right now. I, I really think Tua, a uh, great kid, by the way. I've never heard anyone around the Alabama program say anything but great stuff about Tua Tagovailoa, whatever his name is. <laughs> but you feel like Jalen Hurts got just kind of butt hurt for a lot, lack of a better word and was like, hey, I lost my starting job. Yeah. And, and was told ahead of his senior year, Tua is our quarterback. Right. Um, and, and at the time, Tua was a generational college quarterback. I want to find I want to find that Tua again. I didn't see him last year, and I don't know if it's the energy. I don't know if, if we didn't injury from prior year. I don't know if it's Miami. He didn't have a left tackle. I, I don't know if it was a left tackle too. Um, I'm afraid Miami is not going to put the time into Tua. Um, but Jalen Hurts is the guy that I watched last year. Now, I get it. Burl and Herbert were just like, okay, I get it. They're incredible. Yeah. Jalen Hurts was the guy you went, oh, well, look at that. Did you see that? So, uh, and on a side note, my Falcons open up with Jalen Hurts. So, at Philly. I'll tell you, I mean, you know. Proof quarterbacks could be found outside the top five picks. It's it's interesting because it's almost like, you know, even the Eagles don't trust him, right? Yeah. yeah but, but but fact of the matter is, is like, it's like the scene from uh, Catch Me If You Can, the 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 mouse that jumped that fell into the butter that make your to the milk that made cream, right? Like this guy just works his tail off, and I have every bit of confidence that he's going to make it work um, just because of his characteristics. And I think that's something that's lost. You know, when you have that Peyton Manning instinct, that Tom Brady instinct, and that's the comparison, right? I'm not saying like physically they look alike. Clearly they don't. The, the, the leadership, the drive to win, the drive to make his teammates better. Those are the things to me that scream 
out when I look at Jalen Hurts. And I could be totally off base on this when it's all said and done. So, uh, Chappie, I have in front of me my first pass of my own rankings, the Randall rankings. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a mm. guess to where I have Jalen Hurts ranked? Mm. Um, I, I'll even make it better. This is only a redraft league for 21. Where is Jalen Hurts ranked among the class two-year-ago quarterbacks? Wait, uh, say it again. So, Burrell, Herbert, that class with Hurts in it. Who else was Who, in that class? Um, I think to, uh, to, to, uh, to uh, Hurts, Burrell, Herbert. Uh, I mean, I can't put him in front of Herbert or, or Burrow right now. I just can't. I have him. I have him ranked ahead of both of them. For really? Stats only. He is my ninth rated quarterback. Burrow is my a twelfth ranked quarterback, and Herbert is my tenth ranked quarterback. Yeah. Burrow would be much higher if the leg was more secure. I'm not worried about that. I mean, I get I get where you're coming from with redraft. I get that, but I'm not worried about that. I, I mean, to me, Herbert's a top five quarterback. My top five currently consist of Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Legs, Kyler Murray, and then it's it's been a lot of people moving around, but right now it's Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, but they, there's a case for Dak I put Prescott. him forward. I put him forward. Uh, I also, all the way down to eight is the first place I can slip anybody in front of Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Allen, or Josh Allen, and Mahomes. Boy, that's just a stack of quarterback class. Yeah. And then you start with uh, the next right level. And let's just put them in no order at this point. Right. And then, But the next group is Hurts, Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, uh, that again, all those are quality starters for your. Roethlisberger. Where's Roethlisberger on your list? Uh, Roethlisberger is fifteenth right now. Yeah, he needs uh, to be higher. And he's and he's behind Tannehill. Burrow it? needs to be higher. I'm telling you right. Burrow needs to be higher. Burrow's knee is fine. Burrow is there as of May the thirteenth. I so. understand that. Burrow is a top eight quarterback. Uh, in that offense. Burrow is a top eight quarterback. Uh, I would, if the injury wasn't concerned, he would be in front of Hurts, who is nine. Yeah. So, the highest ranked rookie I had was Trevor Lawrence, uh, then Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. And uh, Trevor Lawrence was markably higher than yeah the other two. Yeah. There's... yeah. Um, um, so, and that again is past one. Um, and that was me sitting yeah, down, yeah, writing down names. <laughs> and when I got that the makes a big nine, difference, doesn't it? When, yeah, it does. And when I got to number nine, it was like I haven't wrote Jalen Hurts. It's those leg yards that, and you well, know, 
and and like you said, I mean, I, I think you made a great point. Um, you look at the offense around him. Um, I, I really, I, I really feel like you know, um, all the way down the line, they're going to be in better shape this year than they were last year, especially including um, scheming up an offense around his specific skill set. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're we're not just talking about the rookie quarterbacks, I think the one guy that could make a humongous jump is Matthew Stafford playing in that offense. No question. He becomes a quarterback one clearly in my mind. Where do you have him? I have him at 11 right now. That's too low. I know. It's so good of a class. Yeah. And you know what that tells me? I'm not going to draft a quarterback early. I mean, yeah. And that's why, I, you know, we've talked about this. That's why I traded Mahomes at the end of last year in our league. Well, yeah, our league. Um, just the 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 fact. Well, I had Burrow and I had both Burrow and Hurts, so it's one of those situations where it's like, well, and they're both, you know, Burrow actually was like a seventh or eighth rounder, but Hurts was a free agent, so I would get to keep him as like an eighteenth rounder. It's a no brainer, you know. Yeah. Uh, over to the running backs, just just for a second. Yeah, let's Cam, do that. Cam Akers at twelve. Najee Harris currently, which I think he has the potential to go up at 14. Um, top five running backs, I had listed as uh, Dalvin Cook as a number one, Christian McCaffrey as number two, Derek Henry as three. I'm really saying with this that Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. Aaron Aaron Jones at four. And the next is tough because I really want to put Jonathan Taylor at five. I really do. But I don't know that if I can list Jonathan Taylor over Nick Chubb. Um, That's that's really tough for me. Um, Zeke Elliott was the big faller for me. I I moved Zeke down to nine. I really think Cam Akers at 12 is even too low, maybe. The, the name I'm shocked that I haven't heard you say. You want to guess? Jonathan Taylor? No, you said him. Oh, Najee? No. Oh, well, no, I'm shocked. Oh, who is it? He plays for the Big Blue. Oh, uh, Zeke. No, Saquon. Oh, Saquon. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Six. I have a hard time with Saquon's injury, uh, from what I understand. I had him um, – he's right behind the Nick Chubb-Jonathan Taylor debate. For so me what, 7-8? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's too low. I, That's my I, opinion. I'm also – He's a top about, He's a top five running back for me. I can't, I can't put him outside of the top five. I'm also thinking I could be low on Antonio Gibson at 10. Ugh. I like Ron Rivera there. Let's just say that. And uh, jumping in from the rookie class, of course, we already talked about Najee up at 14. Uh, Travis Etienne, I, I couldn't uh, – to, to backs out of the 20s. I have him, James Robinson, both listed in the 20s now. And Here's James my Robinson. question. Here's my question. So I'm doing that dynasty draft. My first pick – of course, I picked 10th, so I knew I was getting boo, right? Yeah. Um, I got Javante Williams. Thoughts on him? 
He would have been um, my six, no later than six pick. I mean, so I got I would, him a ten. It, I, I, well, Javante Williams it, on my list is thirty first for twenty one, but if I was doing dynasty, it would be Najee Javante Williams. I, I really like Javante Williams more than Etn in the situation. So my second pick, I want I want your, and this is totally organic, right? Right. Um, my second pick was. Josh Palmer. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if you put it on a tee, but that's the one I can speak to. I watched him play for three years. Yeah. Played it with absolutely the worst quarterback play that I've seen since 1977 till now. Uh, when you hear of a coach leaving and campaigning for another kid, for a kid, and you go, oh, wow, uh, Tennessee's defensive back coach ended up on the Chargers, and it, they and they said in the draft room, the most vocal person was, this is a second, first-round talent that's played in a horrible situation. I slipped on eBay the other day and bought two Josh Palmer RPAs. Okay. For the very, very same reason. Um, you know, the I mean, some things are already so expensive that you can't really yeah. afford them. Right. Um, I, I was bidding on a Kyle Pitt, but I have Crazy. a hard time playing over $100 for a card that's not. Yeah. But I bought two Josh Palmers in the $20 range. So so I got two other picks I want, I want your opinion on before we jump yeah. off of here. My third pick in that draft was Larry Roundtree. I, I like that pick. Uh, that that That's either going to be a guy that produces at a high level or – a guy that just didn't fast enough to play in the NFL. I think the first, but let's let's let him. He deserves the chance. I, I think he's a great compliment to Eckler. I, I, absolutely, he's 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 um, a between the tackles guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a mutter, right? Yep, he's a goal line back. And, and and again, we're talking at this point. We're in round thirty-seven or something like that. The last guy dropped, and I was kind of surprised to get him. I understand the concern about the offense he's in. Uh-huh. But what are your thoughts on the Oklahoma State kid, Tylon Wallace? Uh, well, I was actually surprised he went where he did. Um, going into the draft, I thought Schubert Hubbard was probably the more publicized of the two backs. But once you sat down on draft day and you started listening to the Mel Coppers and the people of the world. The Tijuan Walker was considered the better prospect of the two. Sometimes you find a situation where you're, you have two backs like that in college that one's a really elite back playing, being, being tied to a guy that's not so elite. So when I left the draft and listened to everything and I follow it really, I feel pretty close. I kind of, I like Tijuan Walker upside more than I do Hubbard's at now by far. Yeah. Did I uh, did um did throw a name at you. Did Javen Hawkins get drafted? Or do you know? I have no idea. He is a undrafted free agent from at from Louisville that Atlanta signed. And uh I feel like he's going to make that team 
and be the third down back. Uh, so that would be a name that to kick around in, especially deep PPR leaves. Um, Atlanta running back room is Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. So yeah, you, you got I like to, I like Davis though. I, I think that's I a good fit there. I, I do, but if you could get in the nineteenth round a kid that catches 45, 40 balls, it's yeah, take it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. And I'll tell you, I mean, I imagine we'll probably do this for the next month or so where we talk half baseball, half football. It's been fun. But, you know, the cool thing is, is we kind of get to cheat off each other's notes and um, build on it for next week. Right. So come football season, we'll be good and ready to go. Um, And that's what this is all about. The most competitive draft. I hope you pick on one end of the snake and I pick on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's funny because we're, um, well, we're in most of our leagues together. Right. Um, But it's, it's fun playing against all our friends and competing against guys we know. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's very competitive and, you know, I I think both of us kind of take what we talk about here on Thursday nights and apply it to, to what we're working with, um, you know, in, in our leagues. So I look forward to doing that in two leagues now this year. Yeah. I, and you know, Chappie, I, and I know I'm a geek folks. You don't have to tell me, but uh, my draft list will, re- I buy a, this will become my draft list throughout the year. Uh, if you look at page one, it'll be notes from, and by the end of the year, I will – or end of the process, usually the third preseason game, I finish it out, I ride it out, and I'm ready yeah. to go drafting. So, yeah, um, I'm really excited about the football season. I didn't get to get to it, but maybe next week we'll talk about some of the marquee games coming up. Uh, but, Chappie, just think about this. In week four, Tom Brady and the Bucks at New England. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't either, but every eye in the nation will be on that situation, don't you think? I, I, I can't think of a situation where I would hate two teams more. Yeah, I, me either. I, that's my that's my wheelhouse of hatred. Uh, unless yeah. somehow they can include the Saints in a three-way. I, I mean, if you give me Tampa, New England – the Saints and the Titans. I've got my bottom. I've got twenty-eight through thirty-two. Listen, you know, here's the thing. The, there's a lot of things to talk about, and we have time to talk about all of them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think you know, talking about the addition of an extra game, big, is humongous. You know, I was listening to Jeff Mance. I, as much as you know, I respect for what he does. He's great at what he does. Um, I, I think he was kind of overblown the fact that this year the AFC has an extra game at home. Yeah. And they're alternating year by year. What, who gets the extra game? I mean, I don't – I think that's a good solution, right? Because at least, you know, if you're if you're Pittsburgh and you're playing against Baltimore, you want to have the same amount of games at home. You know, the, the fact that on the other side of it, You've played one less home game. I don't. I think that that's at least even across the board. Um, the other thing is the bye week with that extra week. 
and you talk about messing up playoffs with bye weeks. Yeah. Well, and and unfortunately, I am the victim of the worst-case scenario in this extra game. Uh, our home game with Jacksonville was is a London game. Yeah. And as a season ticket holder, we were only going to get seven Eight. home games. Okay. We only get seven. That's right. Yeah, right. So uh, Atlanta, as an odd quirk of the schedule, between the start of the season and Halloween, play two home games. Ouch. That's a – that's a that's a that's a little quirk. Now down the stretch, we got a great little schedule. But yeah, when you open up six, I you're think buried seven, a whole early, right? Yeah, your first first seven seven two out of this first seven games, five of them are either on the road or London. So, but I love it, man, and I love uh, this show. Challenges me to keep up with baseball. This challenges me to keep up with football. Uh, we started to talk basketball a little bit on the other show the other night, and we just never got to it. We were like, hey. yeah. yeah." And when the playoffs start, we'll talk about it. But yeah, in this world of the United States in the current climate, football and baseball are king of Randall's. So. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, we could continue working off of this as we go through. I mean, that's the great thing. Here we're kind of in our groove over these next couple months where – we can just talk about those two things and get really good about those two things, right? Bouncing yep. ideas off each other. You know, I was looking at your uh, your roster in my league just real quick before we get off the air. All um, right. We need to talk because um, I feel like you got some work to do, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that thing. Yeah. So um, so we'll talk about it, though. In the next up, upcoming weeks, we'll talk some more football. We'll talk some more baseball. Um, any, any last words you want to say, Randall? Uh, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, uh, UFC 264 uh, will be here. My buddy Andrew Howard, fight night. We do that once a month right before the UFC fight, Chappie. This weekend, we've got a doubled main event, light heavyweight fight. You have Michael Chandler versus Charles Ar- Charles Ar- Olivier for the lot, the, for Khabib's vacant light heavyweight Title, friend of the show and future guest of Three R Sport, Benny Darush is fighting Tony Ferguson. Uh, another friend of, uh, as we all know, Jonathan Danger Cole. Yeah, Tony Ferguson used to work for Danger Cole. So ironically, the show has ties ties to both fighters. But um, Raj, my buddy, grew up with uh, Benny, so we're. It's a big. It was. It's a big deal in our world. We're going to be tailgating the UFC Saturday night, and hopefully, our our friend, one of the great guys in the world, Benny Dyrus, can get by Tony Ferguson. Awesome. Well, I mean, you know, it's not my wheelhouse, but I'll tell you right now. I mean, as as a boxing guy growing up, um, it is definitely. Um, there's a lot of skill to it and um it's 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 tough for me to watch brother but um, it is it's you know it's 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 a violent sport that you have to have a taste for yeah did see the fight last weekend and and it kind of disappointed me i was i was very disappointed when billy joe quit on the stool so it felt like a big fight when we were kids yeah i and that's the thing i mean honestly 
Well, I mean, there's a couple things going on there. I know we need to get off, but you know, you know, I used to watch those with my dad. My dad's not with me anymore, so that's that's one reason why I've kind of gotten away from it. And just the identifiable boxers, you know, I, I just I I haven't and don't really follow it anymore. But that's okay. I mean, I still like it if I know something's big big is on and I have HBO or Showtime, I will turn it on. But the pay per views, I don't, I don't. I got other yeah. things to waste my money on. Me too. So, any parting thoughts, Randall? Uh, see y'all tomorrow night at 9 o'clock with Andrew Howard on Fight Night. Awesome. So, until next week, until tomorrow night, uh, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. The OA, the other angle with Chappie and RC, Thursday nights at 10. Randall's got a plethora of shows. I think he's got a show a night going on. He's quite a busy man. Blown his world up. Um, we love sports. It's what we do. Until next time, take care. Peace.